is Keeping It 101, a Killjoy's introduction to religion podcast. In 2022-2023, our work is made possible through a UVM REACH grant, as well as a loose AAR Advancing Public Scholarship grant. We're grateful to live, teach, and record on the current ancestral and unceded lands of the Abenaki, Wabanaki, and Ocosisco peoples. As always, you can find material ways to support Indigenous communities on our website. What's up, nerds? Hi, hello. I'm Megan Goodwin, a scholar of American religions, race, gender, and politics. Hi, hello. I'm Elise Morgenstein First, a historian of religion, Islam, race and racialization, and South Asia. Welcome, nerds. Welcome to yet another So Glad You Asked episode. These are a collection of episodes where we answer your burning questions totally and completely in one episode, kind of. <laughs> Goodwin, we have a fantastic question today. And frankly, I think maybe it's it's light. Sure. This one is specifically from friend of the pod, Julie Maxwell, who asked hey. a question we get a lot individually and as a dynamic duo. <laughs> the question is, how did we become obsessed with religion so much so to make all this our life? <laughs> so you're saying this episode is basically about moi? And I guess uh, new, I don't know, I took French for reading comprehension, so I don't know how the words are said. Anyway, uh, so why we personally came to think that religion matters. Girl, you know you don't have to ask me twice. I will happily tell stories about myself on mine own pod. Why I'm so glad you asked. All right then, Megan. Tee up. How did you become obsessed with religion? <laughs> Honestly, possibly genetically, it's unclear. It's not my fault is the part that I know. So, okay, uh, there's there's two sides to this story. One is my dad's side, which is Irish Catholic, Irish Philly Catholic. That distinction matters from way the hell back, many, many generations. My dad still to this day divides the entire world into Catholics and publics. Oh my god, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the school you go to. Oh yeah, no, that's a very specific, like, tri-state thing. Catholics and publics. So I truly, I don't think I knew that there were other kinds of Christianity. I knew in eighth grade. I'm not sure I knew before that. I just thought that was it. And it's like, it's not a thing you talk about. It's just truly almost everybody I knew was Catholic, uh, except for my Jewish neighbors. And that was like, I knew about Jews because of the Bible. And that was about it. And then there's my mom's side of the family, right? So uh, my mom is a German Irish Catholic, also from outside Philly, Brumall, if you know the area. She has a number of siblings. I should know off the top of my head, five, I think. Anyway, so of of her five siblings, uh, my aunt Lane was a sister of mercy. Her two younger sisters are both different flavors of like non-denominational, but let's call it charismatic evangelical. Um, and then her brother Steve converted to American Baptist. So uh, one sister of mercy, mercy, definitely Catholic. My mom finds different kinds of Jesus like every couple of years, but definitely flirted with like a charismatic uh, charismatic Catholicism specifically uh, back before we knew to call it that and back before like an Amy Coney Barrett moment. Um, and then my one aunt uh, was Southern Baptist, weird, raised in Philly, but okay. And then the other one is just kind of free floating, scared about the end of the world. 
So like there were pamphlets in bathrooms. And again, I need you to understand that I did not know that there were different kinds of Christianity. I just thought it was all the one thing. So I would come back after spending time with my mom's family and you know, I'm going to Catholic school, right? So like I would just be asking about like, so when is Satan coming back to planet Earth? Because I'm told it's soon, but like, how do I plan for this? <laughs> in an excited way or just in a like, I'm I'm trepidatious or just like, 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 I want to know what the train schedule is. Yeah, like, what is the train schedule? Truly? Like, is this, am I going to go to college or like is Satan back before that? Like, where should mm. I be setting my sights kind of thing? Or, you know, offering alternate readings of the Bible, which like, it didn't even occur to me until... Well, until I accidentally a little bit went to evangelical Bible camp in eighth and then ninth grade that Catholics don't really read the Bible. So I was like, I can't find this anywhere. Where is any of this stuff? So that was a mess. I did 13 years of parochial school, kindergarten through 12th. By the end, that had gotten very uncomfortable for the folks who were responsible for teaching me religion. Yeah. I, I derailed an entire class period being like, okay, but where is all of this like anti-gay stuff coming from? And I didn't even realize I was queer at this point. It just didn't make sense to me. Uh, and if you've ever been in the room when something doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, it's like a pit bull. It's really. You know, to leave vision. the room. Yeah. Yeah. You, you you know, you should just leave the room. Poor, poor Mr. His name honestly was Gadosh. That's not even. Nope. Sorry. That was a Latin teacher. Anyway, keep moving. Uh, so, right. So 13 years of Catholic school. By the end of that, I had realized that that was not working for me. I went to college and was like, oh, what else is out there? And also this witchy stuff is seeming like where I live. And then I think a lot of us have these uh, origin stories, right? Where you pick up so for me, it was picking up Margot Adler's Drawing Down the Moon. So this is a huge, comprehensive, like anthropological overview of the kinds of pagans there are mostly in what's now the United States. So one, it just gave me a sense of like, oh, no, actually, a bunch of people are doing this too. Margot Adler was an NPR correspondent. So like, this isn't just the weird flaky stuff I've been finding at the Barnes and Noble. Like, this might be legit, question mark. And three, a lot of the folks that she talked to for this book just kept saying like, oh, I didn't realize my religion had a name or like, I don't feel like I converted to this. It just feels like the way I've always been. And now I know what to call it. So that was really, that was really powerful. And like, I did go to college in the late nineties. So cyber paganism was a thing that I really can't say with a straight face, but it really was. So I'm on like list serves with druids from around the world talking about all sorts of everything and trying to figure out if I need to learn to read Irish, which still has not manifest, but, but you know, hang on. And then I got to my senior year of college, realized that like print journalism was not where it was at for me, even though that is still what my BS is in. And that I still really cared about religion, even though I didn't want to do it in a Jesus way anymore. So I, like a ginormous nerd, talked six different professors into letting me just crash their class because I was out of credits, like I had used them for requirements and things. So I couldn't afford to take any more classes, but also I wanted to know. So I sat in in classes about like African diasporic religions and Taoism and the problem of evil. And, you know, and I just was that kid. So I realized when I had finished college, oh, wow, this religious studies thing is more and bigger and more interesting than I even realized. And so, yeah, I decided it was what I wanted to keep asking questions about. They weren't all good questions. I didn't know to 
ask about like, hey, why are all of the pagans I know white, for example, until I got to grad school at Drew and met uh, Tracy West and took her fantastic classes. And so I got to think more critically about like religion and gender, sure, but also about like race and white supremacy and which kinds of religious expressions and communities might feel appealing to me and why those might not feel like welcoming, why those might not be welcoming or inclusive spaces for everyone. So yeah, now I'm just a, a plain old kitchen witch, but also asking big questions about what religion and power have to do with one another, who gets included, who gets left out, and where those lines get drawn. So that is a, a broad overview of how I came to be. So let me tell you about my mother, basically. It's just Freud. Yeah, it's just Freud. It always happens. <laughs> I guess that means it's my turn. It so my is your origin turn. story is just as dramatic. <laughs> and I'm sorry to say it, the nerds the nerds know. They do know. It's kind of about adoption and Judaism because the questions I had been asking ever since I was a child or the reality of my body is that I could have been anything. Right? It is luck and finances and proximity that landed me uh, with my parents. And that's not like a mystical thing. That's like a, the state owned my body oh. and like the parents I got successfully navigated the court system in order to take ownership and uh, guardianship over ownership's probably too too hard but in these days of being a domestically supplied infant, I was gonna say I'm gonna be obnoxious about it so I was always really you aware were a commodity like I, I can't yeah, I'm gonna, no, I was a commodity and that's a separate issue for a different day and many therapy appointments don't worry about me nerds but there here I was in this religion where I could have been anything but the religion that I'm in was also this matrilineal ethnic blood defined religion and Jews we can argue about that till we're blue in the face but the reality is is that like questions about whether or not I was birthed properly, whether I needed a mikvah, whether I could be accepted into the religious tradition of my parents mm. was like very much a part of the conversations my parents were having with their extended families before adopting me and also was part of the conversation of like when I would out myself as an adoptee like religious Jews would ask those questions because Judaism is matrilineal, ethnic, and blood defined, whether or not I like that. So here I am, this person with not matching blood being asked about my religious faith, which has always been a faith space for me and always been an ethnic, religious, cultural identity. And so for me, I've been asking questions about like, well, huh, what actually makes me a Jew then? Mm -hmm. And the Jews are telling me that there are lots of things on my person and history that don't really make me a Jew. And there are loads of Jews saying, yeah, 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 you're totally a Jew. And then there's loads of practices that I engage in, like, you know, having crispy bacon when I eat <laughs> meat, which isn't often, but exists. And or like, I love a shrimp. Love me a shrimp. So like, there's all of these decently weird spaces in my own life that who am I really? And not like in a philosophical way, but in a like, I am an exception to quite a lot of religious rules because of my origins. Uh -huh. At the same time, I was brought up in this space of like Jewish activism, shtetl pronunciation, Yiddish or thinking, socialist camps, um, where like, 
I was being taught to think about religion as part of social justice movements and as part of being excluded Mm. from the jump. So those are like the early origin stories. But also, as I've said before on the podcast, and I've said in other places, I was a first semester freshman at Colgate University in Omid Safi's class, literally on Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. We walked, Omid and I, from our 8.30 a.m. Tuesday class um, to the coop, which was uh, the stupid way we pronounce the co-op, um, to get a <laughs> cup of tea because he was our freshman advisor. And so like he was rotating through a bunch of students to get to know them, right? And it was just, it just happened to be my day on 9-11 to go get tea with Omid Safi. And we stood and could not figure out why any of the people at the coop were not at the registers, but the giant TV in the way that early 2000s, like student Mm -hmm. unions had like a giant, like 12 foot TV. Because you couldn't watch on your phone. Everyone was watching. The first tower had fallen. The second tower had not. When we were there, the second tower came down. And so all of a sudden, this second year Muslim professor who was one of like two Muslims on campus And me, this activist Jew who's like there on a scholarship. And I'm like, literally, this is my second class at college. Like, it is week two. All of a sudden, I was like, well, we have to learn some stuff about this. Like, I was always interested in politics. That was my declared, I was a declared political science and history major when I got to Colgate. And on week three, a week after 9-11, I was a religion major because it didn't make sense to think about politics or history without thinking about religion. I also in college was given this fantastic opportunity through my scholarship to study abroad anywhere that they had a study abroad program. And I really wanted to go to Scotland. And then the professor was on leave and he wasn't running the program. And so they shunted me to this other professor who was going to go to India. And I had to convince my nervous Jewish parents that a kid who did not have a passport and had never left the country even to go to Canada um, should get a passport and then go live in Chennai and the rural environments of Tamil Nadu uh, in South India without speaking any Tamil for six months. And everyone successfully convinced my parents that this was a good idea. I really mm-hmm. hope I wasn't that study abroad white chick who came back and was like, definitely a neo-Orientalist, neo-imperialist, <laughs> like this is my life now. But I think those were really formative spaces for me, right? Like this understanding innately that I couldn't separate who I was from both an internal debate about who I was allowed to be and an external debate of what I was racially, religiously, ethnically, and then the politics of that, Hmm. right? Uh, Whether that's an internal politic of like, you eat bacon, you're not a real Jew, or like when I was in high school, I did the SATs really well. So I had to go to DC (laughs) for this like national merit thing. And the girl they put me in a room with was from Texas. Her name was Lacey. and. Uh, Lacey said, I shit you not, and this Look is my here. best accent I could possibly muster because she deserves to be shamed <laughs> to the tips of her toes. She said, I thought you'd have horns. And I thought Aww. she meant I heard Jews were horny. And I was like, I don't think we're more horny than other people. I don't understand. And she said, I thought you'd have horns again, at which point I realized, oh, you think I'm the devil. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't allowed to switch rooms. And so instead, I dragged that bitch to the, the Holocaust Museum <laughs> because I'm <laughs> – because I'm me. Fucking um, love you. And anyway, I think now having all of those experiences as a young person, but really having been shaped by this understanding that like my Judaism demanded that I understand that religious minorities were always at risk. Mm-hmm. And then having 9-11 happen where um, 
friends of mine who are Pakistani weren't able to visit their homes anymore because they were worried that their visas would be rejected or like all of the Islamophobic shit that started happening. I think I had this real sense that like I needed to know more so that I could do better. And then I was just good at it. So I stuck. So I stayed in school. But I guess now it's religion is everything everywhere all at once. But people still don't get it, especially around those issues. Right. Exclusion, yeah. inclusion, diversity and racism. So that's kind of where I come from. But why I'm still doing it is because if religion's everything everywhere all at once and people still don't get it, then we have an obligation to to do that better. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess in short, Megan, for both of us, it's complaint, right? It's complaint. It's a lot of complaint. It's like, wait, I'm not getting the whole story. I need to know what else. Hey, that doesn't seem fair. What the hell? It's a lot of that. So thanks, Julie. That's a great question. And now on to homework, nerd origins. Homework? What homework? Yeah, we're not giving you like homework, homework. We are giving you books that provide insight into how we started even doing this religion thing. Do you want to go first? Yeah, why not? All right. I'll recommend again Mel Brooks' autobiography that I recommended last last season. It's just, it's good. And he yeah. sounds like my grandpa. Like the way he writes, <laughs> like you could just be Sam Morgenstein. I love it. And I will recommend a picture book that is hilarious called Camp Camp. If you know, you know. You're up, Goodwin. What are the two origin stories that you might offer our nerds? Okay. So I think to get a sense of the very serious absurdity that is growing up Catholic. I want to recommend Patricia Lockwood's Priest Daddy. You can thank me later. And then the other one, and this is so silly, but I'm just going to say it. Truly, if there is an origin moment for me wanting to ask more questions about religion, it's the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> Which will never not crack me up. I know, it's so stupid. But like, I was, as as you were, and as many of our nerds are, I suspect, a voracious reader as a child. Uh, and so I got really excited about this series, but also... Like, uh, my interest in witches goes way, way back. The witch in The Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe was described as Adam's first wife. And I had a full-on Eddie Izzard, unmanuten bitte. (laughs) (laughs) What first wife? So, like, I'm busting out Bibles and I'm not getting – and, like, I was just gobsmacked that there was more to the story and that folks – my teachers had not told me about it mm-hmm. and it felt like oh they're keeping things from me i'm going to i'm going to find this and i will get it and instead i've just spent the last 20 30 40 years uh, asking more questions and still not getting it but i feel like maybe i'm closer maybe i don't know anyway yeah that's i'm i am a basic bitch and clive staples lewis is responsible in part in large part for my career in religious studies you're welcome all right, that's enough about us. Shout out to Evie Wolf, Rachel Zeef, and Juliana Finch, the KI101 team, whose work make this pod accessible and therefore awesome, listenable, and social media-able, among many other things for which we are grateful. So many. You can find Megan, that's me, on Twitter at MPGPhD, Annalise at P-R-O-F-I-R-M-F, or the show at Keeping It underscore 101. Find the website at keepingit101.com. Find us on Insta and now TikTok. Drop us a rating or review in your podcatcher of choice. And with that, peace out, nerds. Do your homework. It's on the syllabus. It's entirely too much us. They asked.